Thank you for joining us here at the First Love Ministries with the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois with Reverend Jonathan Warren. Our liturgist today is Jenny Smith and our organist is Christine Smith. Reverend Warren assures us that we are all God's disciples and suggests ways that we can fulfill this responsibility in his sermon titled, Okayest Disciples. Our scripture reading today comes from Acts 1, 15 through 17 and 21 through 26. Our gospel reading comes from John 17, 6 through 19. Soloist Katie Hall sings, Fairest Lord Jesus, for the special music selection. from Acts chapter 1 verses 15 through 17 and 21 through 26. Let us listen to the word of God. In those days Peter stood among the believers. Together the crowd numbered about 120 persons and said, Friends, the scripture has been fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit through Jesus through David foretold concerning Judas, who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in the arrest of Jesus and the ministry. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us began from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us. 
one of those must become a witness with us to his resurrection. So they proposed two, Joseph called Barabbas, who is also known as Justice and Matthias. Then they prayed and said, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and the apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they casted lots for them, and the lots fell on Matthias, and he was added to the eleven apostle leader. This is the world word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Thank you so much, Katie and Denise, for sharing your gift of song and music with us today. I hope you come back soon. <laughs> Our gospel lesson to us is from John chapter 17, beginning with the sixth verse. Let us listen to the word of God. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. The words that you gave to me I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I come from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I'm asking on their behalf, I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them has lost, was lost except the one destined to be lost so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for, the, for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our family has movie night every Friday night at our house, and so last week with popcorn from Illinois Theater, we watched a new movie in our basement movie theater. It was The Mitchells versus The Machines. It's on Netflix, and it's a cartoon made by the creators of The Lego Movie and Into the Spider-Verse. The Mitchell's daughter calls her family the worst family ever. In an early scene, the dad makes a decree at dinner time that for 10 seconds, we must put down our screens and look unobstructively at each other. And everyone's nervous, right? And he says, okay, one, two, three, and they all put down their devices and they start staring awkwardly at each other with eyes starting to bulge. And the dad says, this is way better. This is natural. But it's not. It wasn't natural at all for any of them. The dad and daughter had been growing apart for some time. And she's heading off to the farthest away college that she can go to. And in one last attempt to unite this family, the dad decides to take a family road trip to send her off to college. Along the way, a major technology announcement goes awry and robots end up taking the world. 
The Mitchells are this regular, imperfect family, each struggling with character flaws and insecurities, and they discover, as messed up as they are, they're still a family who, in the end, saved the world from a robot apocalypse. It's clever and funny, but it also shares this real element about the way life and family are. So if you have a chance, watch The Mitchells versus The Machines. You'll laugh and have fun, maybe even cry. In today's scripture reading, we find Jesus praying for a group of regular, imperfect disciples who are much like the Mitchells in many ways, each struggling with character flaws and insecurities. In fact, a few moments after this prayer is when Jesus will be betrayed. He'll be abandoned, denied, and deserted by the very disciples that he's praying for. And yet Jesus still prays for them, this band of misfits and sinners As Isaiah claims, Jesus has come to bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, recovery to the blind, and let the oppressed go free. Essentially, Jesus is to share God's incarnational love and grace to the whole world. I don't know if you got lost in that scripture. It's hard to listen to because Jesus says so many words and Many of the phrases are redundant. Some of them are very confusing. But I want to highlight a simple yet striking phrase in verse 6. It says this, I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. That's it, that little phrase, to those whom you gave me. While Jesus is here for the whole world, today in prayer, he lifts up a small group of people who walked with Jesus for three years. They're the very people God gave to Jesus, to those whom you gave me. At this point, they haven't changed the world. As one scholar says, Jesus, just like God, chooses sinners through whom to bless the world. There are no non-sinners available. And he gathers around himself a batch of sinners so ordinary that no one could think them better than anyone else. It kind of reminds me of those t-shirts or mugs that say the world's okayest mom. Have you seen those? In this age of mom guilt and fear, it's easy to feel pressured to do it all. But the ordinary, the okayest moms discover they don't need to do it all. They simply need to choose what's important and let go of everything else. And similarly, these disciples are so ordinary, they don't think they're better than any other sinner, and today Jesus is preparing them for his departure. And it's in this prayer he's sending the okayest disciples into all the world. He's actually vouching for them before God, knowing that in a few minutes they'll abandon and deny him. He's blessing sinners, knowing that they'll betray and desert him. It's in this prayer Jesus sends sinners to be in and not of the world. Now, the major problem with this is Jesus makes it look really easy. But ever since he left, Christians haven't really figured out how to balance uh, how to be in the world, but not of it. 
This balancing act is near impossible. Christians who overemphasize the in the world part end up falling in altogether, looking no different than their neighbors. And then Christians who overemphasize the not of the world part sometimes can look down their nose with the saying on their neighbors. It's problematic that God and Jesus send sinners to the world because most of us are just like the disciples. We're just ordinary. In our book study, What's the Least I Can Believe and Still Be a Christian?, the author shares this story. A woman locked her keys in her car in a rough part of town, and she found an old coat hanger lying on the street and tried to break in, but with no success. Feeling desperate, she finally prayed, Dear God, please send somebody to help me. Within five minutes, an old rusty car pulled up. A rough-looking, tattoo, bearded man wearing a biker skull rag walked toward her. She thought, Great Scott, this is who God sent to help me? But she was desperate. So when the man asked if he could help, she said, Can you help me break into my car? He said, Sure, I'm good at that. He took the coat hanger, walked over to her car, and 30 seconds flat opened her car door. She hugged the man and said, thank you so much. You're a very nice man. And he replied, lady, I'm not a nice man. I got out of prison just today. I served two years for auto theft and have only been out for about an hour. The woman hugged the man again and shouted with great enthusiasm, thank you, God, for sending me a professional. <laughs> God can use ordinary people to do God's work in the world. Yet we live in a world that's so difficult to navigate, and we're just ordinary. We're the okayest kind of disciples. We're called to love all people, just like God does. So how do we know how to do this? Now that's why I think it's important to remember that phrase from verse 6, to those whom you gave me. God gives each of us people. Those whom he gives us. Family, friends, co-workers, neighbors. You have people around you. Each of us has a small little group who we connect with and who we can influence. Our task is to do just as Jesus does. Simple. To love and pray for those whom God gave you and me. It might be ordinary, but that's it. God uses sinners. People. Just like us. There's no non-sinners. And God uses and sends us into the world to pray and to love. Now, another story from this book, Martin Thielen shares a time when a town was ravaged by tornadoes, and someone asks a pastor where God is in the midst of this terrible tragedy. And that's when the pastor takes them to the Family Life Center, where people busily loaded supplies into a large truck. It says, the day before, we sent out a congregation-wide telephone message asking our members to donate needed supplies for the community of Lafayette. 
And people came out of the woodwork bringing non-perishable food, blankets, clothes, diapers, baby formula, and bottled water. In fact, they brought an entire truckload of supplies. They also brought lots of money, and a good number of them volunteered their time and energy to personally help with relief efforts. Where's God? Well, God is right here in the midst of all this food and clothing and diapers, baby formula, and bottled water. Then uh, the next day, a group of men from Nashville Church showed up in a tornado-ravaged Lafayette with chainsaws and pickup trucks, and they spent the next three days cutting up fallen trees and hauling the debris away. A newspaper reporter interview, interviewed one of the men with chainsaws, and author Thielen says, although this blue-collar construction worker did not have a seminary degree, I'd given him, I'd give him an A-plus in theology. When the reporter asked him why he and his friends came to help, he said, we want to be God with skin on. We want to be God with skin on. I would imagine many folks today wonder the same question. Where is God in the midst of this terrible pandemic? It's easy to wonder where God is at times, mostly because it's hard to live in this world. As the Ocaeus disciples were sinners and sometimes barely making it. In the midst of tragedy, we experience heartache and loss and major grief. And it hurts. Yet we're called to do God's work in our world. As Jesus prays for us to be God with skin on to be in the world but not of it, to show up in whatever way we're able. Jesus is praying for all his disciples here, and he's praying for us. Maybe you're the kind of person who shows up with a casserole or with your car ready to drive someone where they need to go. Maybe you're a teacher or a banker, an electrician or a nurse. Maybe you serve on a board or you're a member of a service organization. And in those places, you make connections. You love and serve others. Maybe you're the kind of person who helps by staying home and praying, or by making phone calls, or by donating money. There is no perfect way for us to be disciples. The fact is, Jesus never asks us to follow him perfectly. He prays for us as we're called to be in this world, be there for those whom he gave us, and to be God with skin on. We're not expected to be perfect, and we really can't be. We don't need to do it all. All we need to do is follow Christ and be the world's okayest disciples. Ordinary sinners, just like you and me praying and loving those who God gave us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Join us at www.facebook.com slash slash and join our Monday First Press Jacks community group, which meets at 7 p.m. every Monday. This is a question, answer, and sharing group 
with the pastor. This is a private room, and you will be asked a few questions before entering to make sure you are a human and not a robot. Presbyterians with a Purpose is another program available at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville for individuals needing to contact someone during these challenging times of the pandemic. You can visit that link. Just visit our homepage and find the link for Presbyterians with a Purpose. We also offer a Sunday live service starting at 9.55 a.m. Join us at www.facebook.com slash slash and click on the live link. In-person service starts at 10 a.m. Visitors and members can now come into the building through the north door and the east door, which is by the choir room. We are no longer taking temperatures when you enter the building. We ask that masks be kept on while in the church building. If you found today's sermon inspiring or any other program available here at First Love Ministries at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, useful and would like to support our ministry, there are a few different options available. You can visit www org slash donate and make your contribution there or send contributions to First Presbyterian Church 870 West College Jacksonville, Illinois 62650 You also can contribute through your bank using bill pay If an account number is needed please use 870-870-870. Our phone number is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at f-i-r-s-t-p-r-e-s-j-a-x dot o-r-g. We pray you have a safe, healthy, and peaceful week. God bless.